g'day. Everything that makes country racing great. This is Bushbeat on Radio Tab. Teams up on top as they go past the 500. A length clear. Beppy on the outside second. They're followed by Deference. Up by Concord getting a beautiful run up along the inside of Uncle Frank. And they're followed by Kosowski. Three or four back. Sole Air and Yuka's back last of all. Travelling towards the 300 metre mark. And they come towards the home turn. It's Keen Zap about a length and a half clear. Up by Concord. Tracks up in behind the stable mate. And Hamblin pulls it off to the outside to come up. It. They're followed by Deference. Up by Concord and Keen Zap. They come down to the 100 metre mark. It's up by Concord getting the better of Keen Zap. Close to home and up by Concord is going to just get in over Keen Zap. A good run. Third sole air came from the back. Uh, by Concord at Emerald on the weekend. A horse trained by Craig Smith from a place where the host of Bushbeat is from. Tony Clements, good morning. Good morning to you, Steve. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bushbeat for another week on Radio Tab. Yes, uh, Roma to the fore with the Battle of the Bush winner up by Concord, resuming after having a break after taking out that uh, big feature earlier in the year in town. Back out in the countryside on the grass at Pioneer Park last Tuesday at the Emerald Program and trained by uh, Craig Smith of Roma, beating the stablemate Keen Zap, and we thought we'd highlight the Battle of the Bush winner resuming today as we get into Bushbeat for this week, and haven't we got some territory and some news to cover today. There were three Country Cups qualifiers on the weekend. The Gordonvale Cup went to Olympic Korshnoi, the Eidsvold Cup to Fire King, and the Tara meeting had to be moved to Dolby, the Tara Cup going to Office Gym. Uh, congratulations also to Erin Malloy and John Manselman, who just about scooped the card at Richmond that we'll talk about this morning. We've got a bit of an international flavour as well to the show today, a horse from Brazil one in Queensland on the weekend, and a jockey from Uruguay, one in Queensland on the weekend. But we also want to congratulate all the winners from Sunday night's Racing Queensland Thoroughbred Awards Night. So much news to cover, and as always, helping us out with the news is Rob Luck. G'day, Rob. Yeah, good morning, Tony. Good morning, Steve. Morning, listeners. And wasn't it great to hear up by Concord, Tony, win that race at Emerald, the Tuesday TAB meeting there, and the stablemate running second, and Craig Smith on another path, I would think, with Art by Concord uh, with that particular win can look forward to better wins down the track and uh, we look forward to Bar Calden today the grass track in the outback where Michael Charge on Sky Channel and Andrew Watts will be doing the calling uh, another feature country meeting occurring on the grass tracks in, our, in country Queensland, Tony. Yeah, showcasing uh, the Queensland country program. It's been great to have, as we were saying last week on the show, great to have some of these uh, additional meetings that have been coming along, uh, like, for example, the UN Amateurs with their Friday tab program and Con Curry coming up this coming Friday. Yes, they certainly um, dot the horizon in coming weeks, don't they? Which is uh, fantastic to see. And it was absolutely uh, brilliant to go to the awards night on Sunday night, Tony, where, of course, our country participants got uh, very big recognition. In fact, they were the first uh, recipients on stage and Paul Joyce uh, able to do some great interviews there with Robbie Farr and uh, Tyler Leslight and Tony Schofield, of course, just running through the countryside quickly. Uh, Billy Johnson taking the uh, trainer, country trainer, of the year he shared the horse of the year with one of his uh, runners in hand dynasty shared that honor with Graham Palazzo for Tony Schofield and of course uh, jockey Robbie Farr country jockey of the year and Tyler Leslie the apprentice and they battled it out you may remember we talked on Bush beat that day where Robbie was uh, riding at uh, Tambo and Tyler was at Caulfield and it came down to the wire uh, Tyler had got an early lead, early win that day to narrow the gap, but Robbie bounced back with a double to maintain uh, the lead. So great recognition there for 
the uh, the country participants. And when you look at some of those results, if any country jockey or apprentice needs to um, see the benefit of country racing, look no further than Jimmy Orman, who took out the uh, Jockey of the Year award. I can still remember J- Jimmy Orman coming to Batuta as an apprentice and riding there and interviewing him. And look where he's uh, got to. So, you know, the the fruits can be made from riding in the country, that is for sure, and uh, going on further. And a big congratulations on the breeding side. You know I love this part, Tony. Better than <laughs> ready. $10 million in prize money this stallion acquired during the season and took out the two-year-old uh, leading sire and the Queensland leading sire. And you know he ran a close second with Spirit of Boom. But it was a fantastic evening and great recognition of uh, our country, provincial and city participants and their results on Sunday night. Rob, a couple of the other awards that uh, I was particularly pleased to see the uh, recipients receive. Uh, Emily Pumford didn't even know that she was nominated for the <laughs> Student of the Year presented by Racing Queensland. It was wonderful to see Emily recognised for what she's been doing in her, the early days of uh, her racing career and uh, the apprentices are, are doing a great job right across country Queensland. But the one that I thought was excellent, the Derby McCarthy Performance of the Year, wasn't just singled down to one particular horse, one trainer or one rider, but the Queensland National Apprentice Race Series team. I think there were five, maybe six uh, of the apprentices. And remember uh, we spoke with Sophie Wilcock after she had been up to Darwin and won a race up there uh, flying the maroon colours and uh, Queensland's apprentices team were recognised for the performance of the year which I think was just fantastic and great to see family member of the McCarthy family there presenting the uh, award and of course uh, Ann Jones uh, took the award or or was presented with the award with all the team up on the stage and uh, Emily Pomfret yeah that and look at the two other finalists in that um, result there Jade Doolan who won the award last year and Tyler Leslight and all of those three jockeys continually supporting country racing Uh, I know Emily in fact uh, heading again to Cunnamulla on the weekend and I think Jade's back in the saddle this Friday and Tyler uh, meeting that next stage in his career, looking at the opportunity to be with uh, Desley Forster for the next few months. So, uh, and a fantastic article again by Jordan Gerrans uh, with Tyler Leslite on uh, Race Q. I noticed uh, this week, Tony. Great to see, and congratulations all of those uh, recipients from the uh, 2023 Queensland Thoroughbred Awards. Well, there's plenty of uh, accolades to throw out from the weekend. As we said, we've got lots of news to get through on the show today. But first of all, our attention turns to Richmond. On the side, single malt got to the front. As I said earlier, used plenty of petrol, but he gets away three lengths on Doom for Miami. Zumaratas had to go back to get in. One off the fence, exalted capital girl. Maloisa weighing up her options, starting to get going from the back, and Great Boulders last of all. Single malt past the 400 metres is your leader. Doom is up on the outside. Where's his favourite? Still with six to make up, getting to the outside. 300 metres to go, and Doom goes up on the outside a single malt capital girl sees daylight now and starts to charge with exalted hitting the lead is doom here's capital girl capital girl goes up on the outside of doom that's four for boy four for manselman capital girl too good beats doom exalted third 
as Andrew Watts said in the call, four for Malloy, four for Manselman at the Richmond program on the weekend. It might have been a cutest benchmark, 65, 1400 metres, but certainly a, a race that I'm sure both will remember with Capital Girl defeating Doom and Exalted. And Rob, we're just trying to get hold of Erin to have a chat to and congratulate her, but what a performance there. Five rides out on the five race program, four wins and a third. And got to give uh, credit as well to uh, trainer John Manselman, who took seven runners to the program and came home with checks with all of them, four wins, a second, a third and a fourth placing. Yeah, John continues to support country racing. We all know that. And we'll technically give him five winners, I think, Tony, because Splasher was only sold on the... Uh the Bloodstock Auction, I think, on the Tuesday night, and I'm pretty sure he probably carted it out there for Tanya Parry and Dan Ballard when they took that first race with Splasher, who, by the way, was a finalist in the 2022 Stampede and was having its sixth run back from the spell. So uh, John finished third there with Aaron in that race, and that's what prevented the clean sweep for the day, but they just continued to roll on. Uh, with horses that stepped up to the mark. Boom King in the Class B got up over Zoo Fire. And this one had won at Ewan Maiden two starts back. And then Aaron and John combined with Absolute Legend, the Not a Single Doubt, and the Benchmark 55. And defeated an ex-Mansleman runner who's been in the Northwest a little while now, Golden 80, and in good form for Sean Royce. But Absolute Legend too strong in that race, almost a six-length margin. And she's a bomb. Uh, the smart missile mare uh, in uh, the penultimate race on the program provided the Mansman Quinella with Dan Ballard on key to the zoo getting to the front in the straight but run down by a she's a bomb and Capital Girl just wrapped up the meeting. Now this capitalist mare, three wins a second, it's last four and I know that John has got the idea this is a country cup source on the, in the making so don't be surprised you see it appear in a heat somewhere and uh, in really, really good form. The Capitalists, three wins a second, it's last four. But Aaron Malloy really intrigued me on the day there, Tony, because when you looked at that last race and the second last race in particular, it just showed the ability of this young lady, now down to a two-kilo claim. Capital Girl was sitting five or six lengths behind them, and she weaved a passage as they came to the corner through the field, down the outside, and a similar ride on She's a Bomb. But earlier in the day, absolute legend, right up on the pace. So really um, a clear ability. It doesn't matter where Aaron is in the field. Shows great patience and uh, great aplomb to be able to produce the rides of the day. And a big congratulations to her with the uh, career highlight so far of four wins. And hopefully we've been able to track Erin down. Is she with us this morning, Tony? Not as yet. We're just trying to get through right at the moment. Better might try be Timmy Cook. He might be able to pass the phone over. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to try that as well. The other thing that uh, highlighted to me, Rob, out of that Richmond program, and it's no disrespect to uh, any other race meetings with uh, the shortage of numbers of, of runners or riders or anything like that, but I was really thrilled to see uh, fields of seven and nine at the, uh, the Richmond program. And uh, as you say, you know, it's not just a case of going out and winning four races up against four other horses or something like that. Uh, I'm not going to use the term, that's a real race or anything like that, but it was just something that I thought was great to see that there were 35 or so runners there at the Richmond Five Race Program on Saturday. And, and across the board on the weekend, and I, I think it again comes down when you've got just these five uh, races, it's a magic number in my mind, uh, you you know, you went up to Gordonvale and, the, and they had good fields up there and maximum jockeys, um, and, of course, the Tara meeting at Dolby, the same, and Eidsvold. Well, Eidsvold, the, um, the heat of the uh, country cups out there, the capacity field of 12 and scratchings there, 
uh, that were emergencies and other runners as well um, uh, trying to find suitable jockeys. But across the board, there was such a good roll-up of jockeys across country Queensland, and it, it meant that people got to run their horses and uh, that allows them to maintain the programs going forward. And uh, I just keep coming back to a situation, I think, of supply and demand um, with the jockeys. Our supply side is growing all the time, and we've got to keep working on, on the demand side by um, whether it be incentives, uh, whether it be extra ability to win premierships in different areas that will attract the jockeys. Um, but we'll we'll talk in more detail about that, of course, in coming months as we we tend to... Uh, mention this one regularly, um, but I, I do notice with Erin um, Malloy, her um, her career has certainly been well supported by uh, Johnny Manselman, also Josh Manselman. John's had um, she's had twelve. Uh, what have we got here? Twelve uh, winners for the Manselman Stable. Josh Manselman five, um, and of course her master Timmy Cook, but. Uh, Tim did assure me he'd have the phone and pass it straight over to her this morning. They might be a little bit busy, are they, Tony? Might be a little bit that way this morning as we are on Bushbeat. So we'll just uh, put that one on hold for the moment, see if we can get back to Erin and congratulate her and have a chat about her career so far. But let's push on because we've got I'm three sure of I the... I'm sure I did uh, mention country... 9.30 to her, by the way, not 10.30, Tony, the old time <laughs> of Bushbeat. Yeah. <laughs> That did catch a few people out last week, as much as we told everyone leading into the uh, change with Daylight Saving. But yes, Bushbeat, 9.30 Queensland time each and every Tuesday now through the Daylight Saving months. We do have three of the Country Cups qualifiers to roll our way through. Going to talk about, uh, as I said in the opener of the show, a horse from Brazil. Uh, winning in Queensland on the weekend. But I want to play you some of the action out of Gordonvale. Unfortunately, the uh, the audio quality of the Gordonvale Cup wasn't up to uh, what we could use this morning, but we still wanted to give Louis Forsyth's dulcet tones a little run today. And here's what happened in the opening race at Gordonvale on the weekend. Come toward the home corner now, and they've got about 400 to go. And the leader is Old Fashioned Rose, led by three quarters. Hearts are Romans angling for a run, and Cody's Boy went up on the outside. It's Cody's Boy goes up through Old Fashioned Rose. Cody's Boy and Old Fashioned Rose. Hearts are Roman in the middle, Talentino running on. Old Fashioned Rose has got a bit of a kick though. Old Fashioned Rose got away again. Old Fashioned Rose, Cody's Boy, Hearts are Roman, and fourth. Talentino. And Rob, there's another example of a young lady who's done great things uh, since uh, her time on uh, the country tracks around Queensland. Uh, still an apprentice, but doesn't have a claim anymore. Isabella Tay, I'm speaking of, winning the uh, 1100 metre maiden plate in the opening race there at Gordonville on the weekend on Old Fashioned Rose, kicking back to him by a length and a quarter from Cody's boy and Hearts of Roman for trainer Matthew Maguire. Yeah, and uh, Isabella Tay got a mention at the awards night as one of the jockeys of the year who rode five winners. Of course, uh, what wasn't mentioned was those five winners at Stanford was the whole program, which is a <laughs> unique feat. And really good to see to get that win with old-fashioned rows uh, that have been placed at its only two for the stable. But tell us more about Gordonvale and uh, what a way to finish the Gordonvale meeting when you get the a winner of the Country Cups Challenge Qualifier, the Gordon Vale Cup Open Handicap, and I'm pretty sure a horse that may have been bought to target cup races in the far north Queensland. We've got Peter Rowe coming on board this morning because he and Dad trained this winner. And look who rode it, Gabby Sammons, noted for these front-running rides. Uh, good morning to you, Peter. Good morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, well, thank you this morning, Pete. Um, Am I right in saying uh, Olympic Korshnoi has been a horse you have purchased with cups in mind, having run in all the cups, and 
And isn't Gabby Simmons riding these front runners particularly well? Yeah, she, um, Gab's ridden uh, two meetings for us now and got a winner at both of them and rated him perfectly in front. She rode him at Ewan um, in the Ewan Cup last start and come back and said he should have won. He got really badly interfered with and was 64 kilos, still picked himself up and got beaten less than a length. And um, when I rung her and said he'd come into Gordonvale, she said, is the black horse racing? And I said, yeah, he is. He said, yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> so she, she come up and... Um, she's booked her seat in the Innisfail Cup already. She's a, a great girl, Gab, rides really well. Um, considering she's been riding, I think, less than 12 months, she's down to a two-kilo claim and and rides to instructions, and, and we've had nothing but praise for her the last couple of meetings she's ridden for us. Now, you were actually there on the weekend because uh, the family was off at a wedding, but it must have been a massive thrill to then get the news through that not only had you uh, co-trained with Dad, but you also co-owned the Gordon Vale Cup winner. Yeah, we were at my cousin's wedding up at Ravenstow and um, ironically the ceremony had just finished and they'd started getting a few photos so hopped on regional cast and we had limited reception and mum and I were standing there and 200 metres from home we started cheering and people were looking at us thinking, what are these guys doing? But the family knew what we were on about and it was our, our first Gordon Bell Cup, even for Dad. Um, he's been trying to win it for over 20, 25 years and we've gone there confident before but... Um, you know, when you go there in a, in a quality field, I suppose, it's probably one of the best Gordon Bell Cups we've seen in a long time. Um, we were confident he'd run a really good race and we just weren't sure how the race was going to pan out. But Gabby took that into her own hands past the post the first time and she was going to make them work if they wanted to lead her and, and no one was able to cross her. And once he was in front doing his own thing, we thought it would take a one to run him down because he'll just run all day. And obviously, group placed in Brazil, um, he, if he wants further than the 1,800 metres and... When he got a relatively soft lead at the 600, we were pretty confident he was going to be right there when it, when it mattered. You mentioned Brazil there, and I'd forgotten about this horse um, somewhere along the way. And then you texted me yesterday saying about the Brazil connection. So I had to go looking back through the uh, the background to it and working out where it had come from. And I then found that the stories from uh, basically September last year when uh, Philip Stokes out of his Pakenham base in Victoria was having to brush up on his Brazilian form because Olympic Cautionor, yes, had, had travelled, well, basically travelled around the world. He raced in a derby in Brazil. He was owned by a lady in Singapore and went to Hong Kong but he wasn't able to get to the racetrack there so they had to get him out of Hong Kong and next minute he's uh, appeared uh, down under and he's had uh, I think one or two starts there for uh, for Philip. He's moved on to James Moore at one stage and then lo and behold August last year he's ended up in the Rose Stable so what's the background there for him getting, making his way to North Queensland? Yeah he, he obviously raced in Brazil and the owner brought him with the view to race him in Hong Kong um, but he was still a stallion, so I'm not sure whether or not the Hong Kong busy lifestyle didn't really suit him and he didn't settle in. Um, so then he went to Philip, same thing, was still a stallion, had that one start um, in Flemington over the 1700, led him to the halfway up the straight and got beaten by horses like Young Verda, who is you know quite a, a good city-class horse in Melbourne. Um, Philip basically said he needed to be gelded because he was just not really interested. He ended up in James Moore stable at the Sunshine Coast. Um, they gelded him, gave him the one start over the 1,400 in just a class one. It um, wasn't a bad run, was just run off his legs because obviously he wants much further than that. And then he just come online on the English auction and had a few little niggly issues. And uh, my partner does Emmett Therapy and we've got really good vets up here. And I, I rung my vet and spoke to Adrian and said, you know, can, is he worth a, worth a go? Um, you know, can you work on him for us? And and get him or see how he is and lo and behold I picked him up $1,500 um, with that type of form so he arrived we were it was a gamble um, but when he got here they went over him head to toe 
and the issues that we were told he had, we touch wood, haven't stumbled across any of them yet. He's a happy horse. Um, he's a beautiful horse to have around the stables. He's just an absolute gentleman. The girls fight over riding him. They reckon he's like riding a cloud. And you can see when Gabby was coming back to scale on regional casts, he just floats along the ground, tucks his head. He's just an absolute gem. And, you know, he's only a class two horse with a 76 and a half rating. So next year, I think we'll see a really competitive cup source. He, he was luckless in the Cairns Cup and the Amateur Cup. And I think with a bit of luck in both of those, he would have finished at least in the first four or five. Um, so although his form didn't read great heading into Ewan and Gordon Vale, the runs were a lot better than they looked. And, and as I said, Dad and I were pretty confident. And to own the horse with Mum and Adrian and with Cliff um, Little, who's probably one of our biggest supporters at the moment, it's fantastic. And, yeah, it was even better that it was a Kerry Coppin Memorial. Kerry was a stalwart of Gordon Vale Racing and was the first person to congratulate you when you won a race or was the first person to be there when you didn't have a good day. And, and losing her is a, a big loss to the Gordon Vale community and taking out the, the cup in her honour, even though we weren't there, it was it was a really big privilege. Mm. Yeah, Pete, um, you're talking about the form in this particular race. It's a, it was a strong Gordon Vale Cup too because Red Light Ro- Roxanne had come off the previous Cup winning the fourth in the Cairns Amateurs and Lacey Morrison, of course, you know, riding, she could ride a broomstick to, to win up that way. But um, this horse now, Country Cups qualifier, is that, that the goal? No, probably not, Rob. It's, it's not ideal, I suppose, that the final's only a mile um, when both our mm-hmm. qualifiers up here are 1,800 and 2,000. So um, trying to freshen him up for a mile race, he, that's not what he's there for. He, he's a dead-set stayer. So yep. unfortunately, if it was a 2,000-metre final or a 2,200-metre final, we'd be there with bells on. But to get him back to the mile, I just don't think it'd be fair on the horse. And as I said, next year's his aim... Um, We've got the Cups ahead of us all next year. He's only a six-year-old, very lightly raced. So I don't think he'll be there. Um, never say never, but I don't think so. I think we'll look at putting him out over, over the Christmas period and getting him ready for the Cups next year. I guess the other bonus is you've got now the... Uh, the for something that Rob was very big on, was getting those staying races run through the uh, the northern part of the state. Yeah, that's right. He's... He's up there in the ratings, though, so I don't know how we'll go about that. But, like, we've got plenty of options next year. We've got all the Cups, Cairns, Townsville, Mackay, um, you know, even as far south as, as Rocky. I know it's only a mile in Rocky, but, like, there's, there's plenty of options. And he's owned, as I said, half by Cliff Little, who's got um, the good horse and smart image. So if we can have two good horses to do the Eastern Circuit at the Cliff next year and, and then we've got a couple of nice young ones for him, we might make our way down the coast with a couple of them and, and target the feature races. Mm. Yeah, and with the name with the word Olympic in it, you've got more gold to look forward to, I think, mate. Well done <laughs> to you and uh, Dad and the team there. I mentioned Lacey Morrison. Well, she she spearheaded the, the run of three winners for the uh, the lady jockeys on the day with the cutest money going to Bones Bailey and Rough Cut Jewel. Yeah, the girls took four of the five, actually. We've we got um, Isabella Tay, Jenna Edwards picked up a win, and... Uh, Lacey and Gabby, but Rough Cut Jewel, lovely horse. Um, they were confident in the team. They they went out there and obviously started a $2 short price favourite, so they obviously uh, put some coin on it. Bones' brother, Bob Bailey, owns Rough Cut Jewel, so it's great to see Bob get a win. He's been very patient. It's been a nice horse for him. Um, again, a pretty good benchmark 65 for Gordon Vale. Like Rough Cut Jewel comes out and beats Hit Snooze, who's an open company horse. Um, I'm at Belvedo. I've only just put, purchased her, and she snuck into third. Um, and Thankfully, we get the cutest money in the north, and one, two, three are all cutest. So that was even a, a, a better result.
Yeah, you mentioned Isabella Tay, Jenna Edwards. They kicked out, uh, kicked off the program in races one and two before. I noticed Michael Morrison, a Gold Coast based, he says he is, but it was up there with the uh, the Cairns Carnival maybe when he had a winner in the benchmark sixty of Avenzo. Yeah, he's um, come up for the Carnival, bought a couple up for um, Dragon Song, come up for the the Guineas, and I can't remember Olympic class. I think he bought up for the Cups and bought Avenzo up as well, just a small team. Um, and he left Avenza up in the care of Mark Atkinson up on the tablelands. Uh, Mark's daughter, Danny Allen, Michael's stable jockey, Lani Fancourt, or Lani Allen, are, are best mates. So uh, Mark's been looking after Avenza while Michael's been back down south. And it was a good result for Michael. He, he did a, a good job coming north with the team. Um, he had no luck over the carnival. Avenza was short price favourite in the Mariba Cup. Um, probably would have been very hard to beat. Unfortunately, got scratched at the gates, got his leg over the barriers and hurt himself and... Um, it was a fitting result for him. He deserved to get a winner with all the travelling he did. And, uh, 62 and a half kilos, and no one deserves to win races more than Noyardi. He's the hardest working rider we've got here in Cairns. Doesn't get the opportunities he deserves to, but um, he got on that one late, 62 and a half kilos, and it was too good. In part, who's racing really well. Um, he's joined the Bones Bailey team. And loud noise, he loves Gordon Bale. His first try at the 1400, and um, ridden a treat by Gabby. They finished 1, 2, 3, and, and picked him from the got to run on Saturday morning and get rounded out the top four. Pete, before we let you go this morning, some news came through the week from Racing Queensland saying that the uh, Cairns Jockey Club program that was programmed for Tuesday next week, October 17, has been deleted from the schedule as a result of the track renovation and refurbishment program. There's uh, no replacement program as such, but RQ has programmed additional races within the region at non-TAB meetings. Atherton this Saturday gets a $10,000 open handicap of 1,400 metres, as well as a uh, rating span 0 to 65 of 1,200 and then Innisfail Turf Club the following week, uh, a benchmark 5,900 metres and a cutest maiden plate, uh, 1,200 metres plus cutest bonuses. Each of those also worth uh, 10,000 there. So I guess it's it's one one thing to say, yes, we've lost one program of racing, but at the same time, it's good to see that the prize money won't be lost to the participants in the north. Oh, it's a touchy one, Tony. Like it's, it is fantastic that we've got four extra races, but losing a TAB meeting and getting non-TAB races, like, you know, Everyone was hoping we'd be able to try and upgrade in this Vale Cup day to a tab meeting and, mm. you know, get the prize money there. There were other days that we tried to get. I'm not sure why. There was, I think it was the, the 14th of November. There's Tuesday. There's no racing anywhere in Queensland. I think they may still be trying to push for that, um, the club. But it is disappointing. Like, you know, it's we had to have the renovations done. Not the ideal time of the year to do it with the weather we've had, but... They needed to be done. It just it's disappointing that to to lose a tab meeting when I know there's at least 50 horses on course that were getting ready to resume first up there. So um, with a bit of luck, we might be able to pick up another meeting somewhere along the line. But yeah, as you said, it is it is some I suppose consolation getting the extra races put on at Atherton in this well. Um, just a disappointment to lose you know TAB prize money, which we all like to race for up here because obviously the country prize money is not quite the same. Yeah, no, fair point. And uh, take take all of that on board and hopefully, yes, there'll still be some moves behind the scenes. And uh, as you said before, never say never, there might be another one uh, coming down the track. So uh, for you and the stable, uh, I guess, uh, yeah, busy times ahead and, and plenty of wins on the way with any luck for Olympic cautionary. I hope so. Hopefully in this well in a fortnight, I'll be sipping on uh, beers and cocktails on a cruise, but Dad will take the team to Gordon Bar after in and we've got a two-pronged attack this weekend. We've got Bowen um, and Atherton, and then, of course, Home Hill and Clon Curry with tab meetings um, before the week's rounded out as well. 
yeah, uh, looking forward to uh, seeing all of that action come through. Thanks for joining us on the show this morning. No worries. Thanks, guys. Peter Rowe there reporting in from Gordon Vale on the weekend. And, Rob, I touched on in the opener, there's our horse from Brazil with the international flavour uh, from Uruguay on the, the weekend at the uh, Rockhampton program on Sunday. Uh, Uruguayan jockey Raul Silveira Oliveira was uh, able mm. to uh, get home on a Jamie McConaughey uh, runner antagoniser and his first winner in Australia at only his 15th ride since coming from South America uh, and I guess gives us another little international flavour to uh, Rockhampton Racing along with uh, Mauritian trainee apprentice jockey track work rider Prinish Gordon who was the strapper for the McConaughey stable on the day so wonderful to see uh, I guess uh, the, the club there and and all those involved getting these guys there riding track work, riding in races, getting their work visas sorted out. And uh, an excellent article from uh, Tony McMahon on his uh, racing around Rockhampton News that's available through the Rocky Jockey Club website and also on Country Punters on Facebook, uh, highlighting all of the efforts there from the boys on the weekend. Yeah, I was just going to mention Tony McMahon. I, I happened to read that uh, last night, and by all reports, uh, the, the jockey is very, very professional, very disciplined in, in his trade. But I do believe we have got Aaron finally on the phone this morning, Tony. Yes, Aaron, uh, Aaron Malloy we were talking about earlier when we were rolling through the, uh, the Richmond program, uh, busy with a few horses this morning, but we've been able to grab her to say congratulations. And Aaron, as you join us this morning, what an amazing feat there. Five rides for four wins and a third. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it definitely was amazing. Different yeah, feeling. Morning. Can't really explain it. Good Good morning to you, Erin. I was saying earlier on the program, what, what I really liked about the results, not only the four wins for Johnny Mansman, but it was the manner in which the wins came about. They came from the back of the field. They were up on the pace. Um, you, you really had worked out the track on the day. Great riding throughout the whole day. Yeah, I've ridden there before, and I really liked the track, um... It's just you can sort of have a go from anywhere and you have time to settle and the corner's nice and sweeping and the straight's pretty long. Yeah, you only had to watch the, the winner Capital Girl. You were able to slice through the centre of the field and come down the centre. Uh, a really good win. Johnny Mansman's been a good supporter of yours. I know you with uh, Timmy Cook there in Rockhampton, but uh, both, I notice your statistics, John and Josh Mansman, you're developing a very good uh, record with those stables. Yeah, yeah, they've both been very supportive. Put me on when they can and help me out with my riding as well. I really appreciate them for everything that they do. Um, while we have you this morning, um, tell us the Aaron Malloy story. You're down to a two-kilo claim now with the 24 wins, but tell us your background, your story of how you've come to be a an apprentice jockey. Um, my dad's side of the family, they live down Forbes, way and um my grandfather was a jockey short-lived weight got to him um and my uncle was also a jockey the same went for him as well but I just sort of grew up riding pony club and competing show jumping and I wasn't much interested in school so I sort of <laughs> left school and said no nah, I want to be a jockey I want to do this so I um started working as a stable hand for Chris Muntz um, and then moved my way up to Rockhampton and, yeah, just slowly made my way through and, yeah, now it's all speed ahead. You've been making uh, plenty of tracks uh, or getting to plenty of tracks on plenty of weekends since you started riding back in February. You had 10 rides before 
your first winner, and that was a Bowen back on the 4th of March on uh, Tim's uh, horse, Augusta Wind. That's going to be a name that you'll always remember. Yeah, definitely, and it makes it even better that she was one of my favourite horses to ride track work to. And the best horse so far for you? Um, I think I'd have to say Chapeau's. He was my first TAB win at Mackay, and he holds a special spot for me, so it was definitely my best win so far. Yeah, Tony mentioned the different tracks, um, you know, been going out to Murrumbah, Middlemount. We often ask the apprentice jockeys when, we, when they come on the show, how important is this to your career development, getting out and riding amongst the experienced seasoned uh, jockeys that we have on these country tracks? Um, yeah, I'd say it's very important, just getting to see the different tracks and learning how to ride with different people and you can always ask for everyone's advice out there, get everyone's advice and put it all together. Yeah, it's very important, I'd say. Yeah, well, Gladstone and, and Mackay might be close to home there at, at Rockhampton, being able to, to make your way, as Rob said, out to Middlemount or going out to, to Springshaw or up to Ingham or out to Richmond or something like that. It's all part of the, the learning curve of the apprentice rider. Yeah, definitely. And where's, where's the Aaron Malloy direction now? Where do you, where, 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 what are your goals? What are you hoping to achieve um, in being a jockey? Um, well, I'd just really like to focus on working on myself, getting everything perfect, and then hopefully um, apply for my provincial licence and maybe make my way down Brisbane way. Well, certainly, uh, I know you got some rave reviews for that um, those rides out at uh, Richmond. You'll be well and truly uh, chased up. Do people go through Tim to get hold of you, Erin, for rides? And, and where are you uh, riding this weekend? Uh, yeah, people go through Tim to get rides. Um, I'm riding at Home Hill Thursday and Bowen Saturday. Well, hopefully it won't be the last time we have a chat with you on the show. We uh, wanted to congratulate you on a wonderful effort there at Richmond on the weekend. Lovely to hear part of the story and continued success, Erin. Yeah, thank you. Erin Malloy with us there on Bushbeat. Back into the Country Cups qualifiers, Rob, as we look back at what happened at Dolby on Saturday where they had to transfer the Tara program to. The Tara Cup going to the Pat Webster train Office Gym. It's Parco in front of Office Gym still. Vanasta on a stalking trail in third. Then unrestricted from Cappuccino. Sammy gets going in the three-wide cover flow. Coins Road strung up between them. Likewise, Laurie's going well enough. Just needs a bit of racetrack to work with. Then unrestricted, diving, diving back to the inside. So top of the straight, 2.50 to go. Office Jim still in front. Banasta's got it in its sights. Laurie's starting to extend on the fence. And then Sammy. Office Jim's in front from Banasta. Sammy the last shot. Office Jim. Office Jim's off to Brizzy. Office Jim beats Sammy who flashed at the end from Banasta. The Gearins will run second As we've said before on Bushbeat, Bubba Tilly and Pat Webster are a lethal combination when it comes to some of these uh, country series, whether it's a Battle of the Bush or a, a Country Cup or a Country Stampede. And the Western Downs Regional Council Ken Dowling Memorial Tara Cup was a Country Cups Challenge qualifier. Rob, Office Jim defeating the uh, KO Racing duo of Sammy and Vanasta. These Country Cup qualifiers are getting stronger and stronger. Even that, as I mentioned, uh, that Gordon Vale Cup with uh, Pete there before was a good form line over a longer journey. Well, this one here, have a look at these first three place getters. They were all scratched from the Eidsvold uh, heat. 
um, which would have made that extremely strong heat. But they filled the placings here. I just find this so intriguing. And Office Jim, now for our listeners, just to make them aware, he is certainly eligible for the Country Cups finally. He won a Metropolitan race at Morfordville. Uh, I think it was March 22. So that clause about the Metropolitan race in the last... 24 months but the value of the race was less than $50,000 which is also part of the clause and hence office gym for Pat Webster and Bubba Tilly. They make their way to the final and had one here at Dolby at its last run so it's two from two at the track for the Magnus uh, Gelding and Sammy and Vanasta. Well Vanasta's a Country Cups place getter and uh, Corey and Kylie Gearin they went oh so close in these uh, heats at both venues. But, look, you'd really have to think Office Jim has put himself well and truly in the market. And, boy, doesn't Bubba Tilly, when he combines with Pat Webster, Tony, as you said, uh, they get the results. And uh, probably from, I know, speaking to Brett Moody on the weekend, um, that uh, it's always seems to be Bubba that's in the saddle that that, uh, beats them home. But uh, there's plenty of time yet to qualify some of these horses. But very interesting. This meeting, of course, uh, transferred from um, the Tara area. And my understanding is that one very experienced senior jockey had gone out to Tara to inspect the track well and truly or early in the week and uh, with club officials determined that the the track surface wasn't going to be suitable for racing. So congratulations on the cooperation between these clubs and Dolby stepping up and saying that they could take this meeting uh, for the Tara and not losing it for the participants. So across the board, uh, a couple of results I wanted to mention here. One is Tijuana Two-Step took the Class B. It's one at Surratt and second at Dolby, this Super 1 filly. It's only had the three runs for Ducky Baker. Savannah McCann continuing to ride winners. And it got up over the well-named Super Duck for Michael Hemmings and Red Shiraz in third. But Tijuana Two-Step is certainly showing it's got the ability to start going through grades. Talking about the Hemmings team, they travel far and wide and the combination got the Quinella Naomi training flash the Riz for the rating span 0 to 55. It had been third at Armadale at its last run. And Michael uh, had Ab Roy, this grand old performer, Ab Roy. Uh, of course, I think I can remember the big 100 to 1 winner when was in Brisbane one year. And Pretty Piper, Willie, William Croc, Crop, who I met at the uh, awards night for the first time there, uh, had the third place runner. But uh, the Hemmings team, they travel far and wide, support country racing, and they got the win uh, with Flash the Riz and the stable mate Ab Roy into second. I wanted, took the cutest money. In fact, across the weekend, the cutest money went off, I think, in just about every venue. This five-year-old mare by wanted first win in eight starts. And for those who remember certain TV shows, Gidget got up for <laughs> Corey and Kylie Guerin uh, after winning at Gundawindi at its last run, the outreach four-year-old mare, Nozzy Tomazawa, kicking that winner home in the second race on the program, the Benchmark 60 overcharged in Barrymore. And I'm sure, Tony, you remember the TV show called Gidget. Yeah, I do remember. Uh, I don't think I ever watched it, but I do remember being told about it. I'm a slightly different generation there. Sorry, <laughs> I go the, back uh, as far as uh, Mr. Ed and F Troop too, Tony. But <laughs> no idea. No, I've watched lots of replays of uh, a lot of reruns of different shows down through the years, but no, Gidja wasn't one of them. As you said, Rob, well done to uh, Tara and Dolby uh, working out and cooperating there to make sure that meeting wasn't lost on the weekend. But as you said, it was a very strong Tara Cup, as was the Eidsvold Cup on Saturday. 
with about 700 metres left to travel and Torbreck is the leader. Kobe Rock's on the outside trying to threaten danger. They're a length and a half in front as they come up towards the home turn. Fire Kings made good ground around the outside in the black cap, followed there by Bayarish who's over on the inside just losing a little bit of ground as they come up towards the home turn and a fighting fury as well back behind those. Kobe Rocks and Fire King are putting the issue to Torbreck here as heads are turned for home. Torbreck the inside. Kobe uh, it Rocks is in the centre coming after it. Gamely and they look as though they might battle it out. Kobe Rocks has got his nose in front. Fire King's coming out wide and Torbreck is kicking again on the inside. Fire King over the top. Fire King has one pallet flew. Might have got second I'd say. Torbreck third and a blanket. It was a great finish there. There was only a length and a half covering the top five or six as they crossed the line there in the Slater's Road Services Eidsvold Cup, another Country Cup Challenge qualifier and Fire King saluting Rob for Adam Sewell and Olivia Cairns. Yeah, well, Olivia Cairns has had plenty of practice at going to Brisbane and uh, uh, winning the finals, hasn't she? And Adam Sewell in tremendous cup-winning form and Fire King, he's a five-year-old by worthy cause, second in the Taroom Cup at his last run, but you go back to Echo Point in fifth place, who of course won the Country Cups last year, and horses like Torbreck and Kobe Rocks, Palate, uh, they're all proven open company performers, I just thought this was an extremely strong heat, and it's it's probably arguable which of the two heats were the strongest out of uh, Dolby and Eidsvold, but it makes for an exciting um, finish, and Kelly Gates almost got that win on Torbreck, but she got a race-to-race double prior to that when she combined with Daryl Gardner in race two with a fielder, the El Nino mare, uh, taking the Class B, and also with Kristen Rune with the uh, cutest money going off with He Rectum, the Holy Roman Emperor uh, gelding, a six-year-old now, only had four starts, so there's obviously been a story behind this galloper, defeated Chairlift in that cutest maiden plate. So Kelly had a great day out there at the Eidsvold track, uh, Warwick Southerly, who uh, Tony McMahon continually reports rides so well in that Rockhampton area, combined with Bob Murray with Corella Shores to take out the uh, benchmark 60. And the other winner on the day when was with Bo Gorman. Now, here is a team. This Ipswich-based trainer has got about six or seven winners in recent weeks. Uh, limited stable size and going extremely well. Dante Alighieri. Two wins at its last three, including a third, and it defeated Fend Off and Ringo's Magic, and Olivia Kendall booted at home in the rating span 0 to 50 over 13.50. But Fire King, Olivia Cairns, now produces another runner into the final of the Country Cups, and I'm quite sure those place-getters across both Dolby and uh, Eidsvold are going to be uh, looking forward to future heats because we're going to see some of those names, I think, in the final as well, Tony, as it gets more and more exciting coming to December. More pieces of the puzzle fall into place this mm. coming weekend, Rob, with two more Country Cups Challenge qualifier races. The Mango Cup on Bowen Cup Day on Saturday and Emerald 100 is also going to be a uh, Challenge Cup qualifier or a Cup Challenge qualifier. There's also a Country Stampede qualifier at the Atherton Program on Saturday. It's Cunnamulla Cup Day as well as racing this coming Saturday at Gainder. And that's not forgetting the uh, tab programs through the week as we touched on earlier. Bar Calden today, Home Hill Race on Thursday. Uh, replacing Townsville. Cloncurry on Friday also hosts a Country Cups and Stampede qualifier and it's Warwick Cup Day, the Warwick Newmarket coming up on Saturday. And I saw the nominations for the Warwick meeting, absolutely phenomenal. I'll be heading to Cunnamulla for the great Cunnamulla Cup uh, meeting out there and uh, again, good luck to uh, Willie Chandler, President Willie Chandler at Bar Calden for their tab meeting. I know he's pretty keen. they got Michael Charge there handing out all the winning tips on Sky Central today. 
Andrew Watts doing the calling. And uh, we'll be back next week with all the results, uh, with more results for Country Stampede and Country Cups, Tony, as we count down to the final in December. Good morning to you. Good morning, listeners. Good on you, Rob. Have a great week. And thank you to Rob Luck, Aaron Malloy and Peter Rowe for joining us on the show this week. As always, folks, if you missed any of the show, the podcast replay available at the uh, Radio Tab podcast page on Megaphone. We'll put the uh, link out for you at Radio Tab Oz on Twitter and also on the Country Punters Facebook page. Good luck to all of the clubs racing this coming week and weekend. And we'll be back to report on all that and a whole heap more next Tuesday on Bushbeat.